Good morning, traders. Let's wrap up the week here. We're excited, of course. It's another Friday. We're going to take a look at Apple bouncing back after seems like Morgan Stanley analysts came out and talked about how much it would actually hit revenues. DocuSign earnings, RH earnings, Smith & Wesson. We'll take a look at Kroger's. You guys let me know as soon as it hits the tape. It looks like it might be coming out any second now. We'll see what happens there. We'll get into some notable ratings today. We got Snowflake. We got First Solar, Adobe. Have you guys seen Hurricane Lee? And we'll take a look at the preview for next week's earnings. There's still some stocks that have yet to report. Smash the like if you guys are ready for pre-market prep. We got Jeremy Shorts, our guest today. Let's get right to it. It's pre-market prep. Rise and shine, team. Let's get it started. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, traders, let's take a look here and see what we're seeing. Of course, the SPY down a little bit here. I got it about 66 cents overall. Let's take a look at the Qs. Qs also down to about 70 cents here. We'll look to see if we keep leaking a little bit of a bounce back yesterday. But one thing that I'm noticing is that we're not bouncing back as quickly as we're going down now. That's a sign that I definitely want to talk to about with Dennis Dick coming up. Of course, TLT also dragging. Um, we'll see if it takes out that 93.50 today. Doesn't look that great. USO, of course, we'll keep an eye out to see what happens in crude. Can this continue to climb? Of course, I watch WTI. Going to focus to see if it gets back over 88. This morning, I see 87.43, a range to 87.52. So let's see. If we go back to the 88.90 handle, where will these energy stocks go? We'll talk a little bit about that. Gold, of course, has been on the pullback, bounce back for the second day. And really wasn't the biggest bounce back. I'll see if that can get back over 179. I'm looking at GLD here. Silver overall still has been declining. A little bit of a turnaround signal yesterday, but we'll see if that can actually turn around or not. And then, of course, we'll take a look at Bitcoin. Uh, Bitcoin, we'll see what happens with it overall. Let me see how it's doing because um, I have it here on Pro here on the right-hand side. You see, even TC doesn't have Pro. Uh, doesn't have Bitcoin. Bitcoin right now down about 1.7%. I see it around 25,810. That looks like it keeps going down. We'll see what happens there in Bitcoin. Let's bring on Dennis Dick. Let's take a look into the market. Talk wow. about yesterday's action. Of course, we got a little bit of a bounce back. But like I was mentioning, Dennis, it feels like we're going up slower than we're coming down now. Mar markets but let's get to what the real talk should be about this morning right here baby detroit's back we're back here money match Lions. but you're not in detroit dennis i've been i've born i'm basically born raised south detroit so even though i'm canadian wins <laughs> i gotta message right you a little area, bit on that so. you're you're across man you're across you, you we're south it. detroit we do the journey song and we sing it born and raised in south detroit that's us because we're south of detroit we're windsor kind of east but we kind of say we're south no so worries anyway. no worries Dennis. this year so one question to you money mitch we just beat yeah. the super bowl champs does that mean the lions win the super bowl well don't get ahead of yourself there. Don't get ahead. I was just about to okay, give a positive okay, okay. comment on Detroit, and then you had to kick me that question, Dennis. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Maybe putting the cart ahead of the horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a, a little uh, bit. Uh, <laughs> I, I was. I'm here finally going to talk positive about the, the the Detroit, and then now you're going to give me that one. But I'll tell you guys, I was looking for them to win. Usually right out off the start of the season is when you see a lot of upsets. Why? I think that has to do with more about how coaches push training camps. And I think that they've been pushing on Detroit. Like this is our year. Everyone's thinking it. Of course, the chiefs just got off the super bowl. They've been kind of taking it easy. Didn't have their best tight end. 
it seemed like an easy setup for Detroit to win. Now, let's see if they can just take the division. That's what I'm focusing on. Take the division. It's an easy division. Get into the playoffs, and then we'll see, right? Because that's the way I feel, like always. Teams get hot in the playoffs. You never know what can happen. Do I see them taking the Super Bowl? No, but they could go deep into the playoffs. (laughs) They we, go we just want to win another game. We want to win one more game. Feel like it's been like 30 years since we've won a playoff game here. So we want to feel like what <laughs> it's like to win a playoff game here. So, Well, anyway, I, I was at least talking about it yesterday. I expected them to win. And whoever made those, those nice little bets out there because I'm in North Carolina and can't bet. Shout out to you guys. All right. Shout let's out get... to all you Lions fans. Okay, let's bring it back. Shout out Lions. to the DKNG traders, right? Oh yeah, not you not go. you and I. At least though, we we didn't catch that trade. Look at that. I can't believe I said I'm so mad. I missed that one. Just the twenty five ten. I had the order out there, sitting there waiting. Come to daddy. Coming you into football 23%, season. Three percent. Twenty five forty one was a low. I missed her by thirty one cents. Ah, a nice little twenty three percent winner. And I was talking about this trade. I screwed it up by going after Penn. And going after MGM that have Wrong not ones. done anything. Go with the Wrong leader. Ones. Go, Go with, with the, the leader, leader, right? Sometimes you're yep. going to get screwed by not going with the leader there. I definitely got hurt. But let's talk about our leadership. Let's get to Apple. Of course, Apple bouncing back a little bit yesterday. And it seems like Morgan Stanley came out and said that the China iPhone bans would mostly hit Apple revenues by about 4%. Of course, this was just a ban on government office, not like a whole ban on China. Now, that would be a whole nother ballgame, right? But what do you think now that Apple's had a little bit of bounce back? Um, I think it was oversold. We, we talked about it yesterday. I still think I'm not putting in the long-term portfolio. I still don't get it, even though it came down to 28 times earnings after the fall. I still think it's relatively expensive. But, you know, stocks just don't go straight down. 190 to 172 in 24 hours was a big move. Came right, bounced off the support that we had made in previous, you know, just a couple of weeks earlier when we got down to the 172 area. So we bounced a little bit higher than that, 173. I tried the NVIDIA, didn't quite get it. I was hoping it was going to go down all the way to the 450. Had my order sitting out there too, much like the DraftKings. I'd had it at 450 and a half, went to 451 and a half. Sometimes you just got to pay up, but the problem is like I place these orders and I'm doing other things and I don't get back to it. And then you look back and you're like, ah, I just missed that one. So missed that one too. But I think it was predictable. The tech would bounce a little bit yesterday. I think again, what I've been saying, I think we're going to be into a choppy environment where you get three, 4% moves up. You're taking profits, three, 4% moves down. Maybe you're rebuying stocks. If you're a long only trader, if you're short, Shorten the moves when they're up three, four percent, and then maybe bringing them in when they come in down three, four percent. I think we're more in for a range period, as opposed to like we're going to be up twenty percent by the end of the year from where we are now, or down twenty percent by the end of the year. Why can't we be right here at the end of the year? Well, uh, I'm still saying it might be the banks that do it to us because I just continue to see those stocks just not get the lift and. That would be my concern, right, Uh, on continued downside coming in. And we'll see what happens. KRE now at the bottom of our head and shoulders starting to break. Um, And this is what I'm looking for. I'm just keeping an eye on that action because this is the only thing that I feel will break the market, right? Like, I don't see too much negative out there. Of course, we know that on well, China's always a wild card, but yes. Yeah, well, you know, that's 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 always been the wild card. They already right? did it with Apple. <laughs> Look what they just did to Apple on us. Yeah, yeah, that, that's always been the wild card. My thing is we know on September 20th we're gonna get another kind of Fed rate, but what's gonna happen? They're gonna do probably a pause on that meeting. So everybody's looking towards November as the maybe the next potential hike, but that's all the way in November. We're in September, guys. So that leaves to me a room for positive outlook to come into the market because the negative would be, okay, yeah, they raise rates again. But other than this, that's that's why the only negative I see is the banking situation right now. Other than that, I think that's what's holding back people buying up the dips in tech and seeing another rally. We'll see what happens with those names. We we never really – and one thing to say is usually it's hard to predict the next, you know, major catalyst that's going to knock markets down. It comes out yeah. of the blue and it can be anything. It can be an earnings warning from somebody. It can be, it you know, really anything coming out. But, you know, that may not happen either. Like it might just be 
And that's what I keep saying. We don't have a lot of catalysts here and we don't have a lot of upcoming catalysts. It kind of makes me think, why not shop around? Why not just beat up the longs and the shorts? People who are like, oh, it's breaking out. Oh, no, it's going down. I got to stop out. Oh, no, it's breaking out. Oh, no, it's going to stop. I, I think it's a good environment for that. So I think the setup is there for us to go sideways for a while. I agree. That's a, that's actually a, a good outlook there, Dennis. You're, you're even changing me a little bit as you say it. I'm Let's go to Doc. You sideways for the win. Lions and sideways. DocuSign, uh, this was the hot stock in the pandemic, right? Let's see if it's still hot here. Uh, Q2 EPS at 72 cents beats the 66 cent estimate. Sales of 687.7 million beat the 677.56 million estimate. They did authorize an increase of 300 million to repurchase program and sees Q3 revenues at 687 to 691 million versus a 686.03 estimate. Also, their revenue outlook on the low end, right by that estimate, high end, 2.737 billion versus 2.72. Sneaky value stock all of a sudden with those kind of earnings, 72 cents, extrapolating if they could do it out four quarters, buck 53 bucks, things trading like 18 times earnings. Yeah. Problem is, it's like a Zoom and the one trick pony. We all sign our documents. We all Ooh. use it. I used it a couple days ago. So it's used continuously there. It's just like you need something else. So Zoom, DocuSign, <laughs> same type of stock. Cash Here's my flow question, is now Dennis. Coming. Yep. Well, when you went to sign that DocuSign document, did you pay anything? No, I know. How do they make money? Ah, now they you... make money. Look at the money, though. They're Dennis. seventy-two cents, so they're making money. It, <laughs> it's got to be the there. use of it on the other side, though. Really, exactly. as the client isn't paying. It's going to be the customer the person, on the other yeah, side. The person writing it. the contract yes. and, and having it signed. Yeah. So but, uh, I, the customer, I've never, I've signed lots of DocuSigns. I've never actually had to pay DocuSign a dollar. So it's only the person that's putting it up there. Yeah. The no, definitely. I, I, I think it's interesting the there. Yeah, I think it's interesting there because we all use it and then we, we don't really think about where the revenue is coming from. It's coming yeah. though. I mean, that's impressive. 72 cents. That's that's real money. They made real money. I, I wonder how big this is in ARKK. I think it's in there. I, I'm going to take a look right quick as, we, as I take a look she's, here. She's, she's crazy. Well, actually, it makes money. She probably <laughs> doesn't want it anymore. When they start making money, she throws them out. She don't like that. Yeah, that's no, no longer growth to you. NVIDIA starts killing it. She's like, I get rid of that. <laughs> she likes future growth she doesn't like current you know money anyways that's a joke oh man i'll tell you one thing i'm not seeing it in the top 30 holdings so maybe she did get she it threw out because making too much money my money match <laughs> she's such an interesting person hey well, well we'll take a look at that definitely it's profits cash flow positive well this isn't the kind of stock we're looking for get that out of the portfolio 55 just stands out to me, just obvious on this chart of recent high Thursday. You got fifty four ninety nine. Uh, you got it on July nineteenth, fifty five twenty eight. Get back through that fifty five. If we were able to do that, we're looking pretty good. And where does the pre market spike to? Right there. Let's see if we get back up above fifty four and make an attempt to fifty five today. I'll keep an eye on DocU. Let's go to. Restoration hardware. Who is not uh, at least uh, doing things for their houses anymore? Because it yeah. seems like nobody is. Restoration hardware Q2 EPS three dollars and ninety three cents beats the two dollars and fifty six cent estimate. Sales of eight hundred point four eight million beat the seven hundred and eighty four point nine million estimate. They did say on the earnings call that we continue to expect the luxury housing market and broader economy to remain challenging throughout. Full year 23 into next year as mortgages rates continue to trend at 20 year highs and the current outlook is for rates to remain unchanged into q2 of 2024 i don't know who can afford their stuff it's high end but i just went to their site just for fun because i've been in the stores before and i was like i remember going to the store and like every couch is like four thousand dollars it's like nah not for holy me. moly man so so literally i go on the front page just rh.com go to the front page you should show this mitch first thing you bring up you stop at these chairs they're like fabric dining chair guess how much the one one fabric dining chair is one guess how much you're lucky. How much? How much? I'm looking at it. I'm looking Se at it. Seven hundred and ninety-five dollars. 
for a while. Good lord. I don't know how anybody affords this place, man. It is Did, I, did, I, did I get the right one here? But if you're a member, you get 200 bucks off. So you got to become oh. a member. So oh. members get 200 bucks off. It's like Costco, except everything's expensive at this place. $795. That's a nice looking chair, man. I got one I, word. Ikea. <laughs> I know Ikea. So I wanted to like my wife need to send her here. I don't send this to my link. Don't let my wife see this show today because I don't want to pay this country for chairs. But look at this box, man. Ooh. It's a cloud, though. You get to sit oh, on is the that cloud. Canadian? Am I on the Canadian site? Oh, is that Canadian? <laughs> I think it was oh, US. This is I US. Think it was on the US site. Yeah, this is US. I think that's a US site. I didn't even know we had RH in Canada. Wow. Woo. Holy. Oh. That's a that, nice that's chair. Ex- that's a nice chair. <laughs> it's guaranteed for life, but it has an asterisk nice in the corner chair. there. 700. So, uh, honestly, you're never going to buy less than four of them for your dining room. So, you got $3,000 worth of Holy four chairs. Crap. And then you probably, if you have a bigger dining room, you got to need six of them. Holy I'll tell you macro, what, man. You, you might need to live in a place that's, like this. That's where you need to live for that <laughs> yeah. stuff. But you know what? I don't understand the stock. I've joked about this for a long time. It continues to go up. So people find that money. But you know what? Maybe the margins are just huge because when you sell a share for 795 bucks, I guarantee you, they ain't paying 795 bucks. So maybe they sell one or two shares. They pay their monthly bills. Day by day, says he says I would pay. I, I'm with you. Dave. It's a beautiful chair. I wouldn't pay it, but man. That is a nice looking chair. Three thousand dollars is a used car. <laughs> That's a used car. This is a four dining room chair that RH right on their front page. This is the deal. This is yeah, the weekly man. deal. Yeah, oh. nah, man. Uh, and, and I think that so one expensive. thing there, one thing that we we should talk about here, right, is the unchanged until Q2 for 2024, right? Prolonged interest rates. Yesterday we got uh Dallas Fed. Chief uh, Larray Logan showed up with the Hawks and said that there was still work to do. A lot of people are thinking about now, it's not necessarily, you know, how much we're going to climb higher, but how long will those interest rates hold at these high levels? Um, Of course, RH is thinking now uh, Q2 of 2024. What do you think here, Dennis, at least for unchange of the rates? The, the, the here is the issue with RH two is that these are fine when you're when you're buying three thousand dollars for four chairs or even more than that eight hundred sixteen thirty two hundred bucks for four dining room chairs they finance in that so this is an interest rate problem too and we have seen what has happened in the last few months is that all the the plays like all the retail plays that take interest rates like into account meaning you've got to finance your purchase have been destroyed. Cars, GM, Ford, destroyed. We've had, um, talking about, you know, um, well, we've, talk, we've talked about the home builders. The home builders starting to come down here a little bit too, but they've been pretty resilient, not so much in the last month or two. But, you know, we've talked about the solar plays, ENPH, that just continues to get destroyed. These are financing plays. Anything you got to finance, people don't like paying 7 8 9% to go buy the stuff, and they maybe can't. So, I mean, that's the issue, too, is maybe they can't afford that. So, I think anything that's high-end like that that you're financing, those are obviously becoming now a victim because the interest rates have stayed up for too long. So, the interest rates do stay high. Just because they're not stop raising doesn't mean they're going to start cutting right away here. Those type of plays, like the RH types of plays, those aren't the types of stocks I want to hold. Not in a high interest rate environment, which is what we're in here right now. Yeah, we were talking about it earlier in the week when we were talking about it with new cars, right? And how the average sale of a new car was $700. Um, That is because the interest rates. It's not because the cars are worth that much. It's it's paying 7, 10, sometimes higher than 10% interest rates on these vehicles. When we used to get, you know, like your average lease, if you had good credit, maybe remember zero percent financing. Yeah, zero, that's even gone. zero. Long gone. Yeah, that, that's zero percent financing. Everything was zero percent financing. Why not finance it? It's zero percent. Those days are long gone. Yeah, definitely long gone, and I, I don't think they're ever coming back. At least uh, with the way not that things are looking. Soon. So people are speculating that a year from now we're back down to one percent interest rates. I don't think so. I think they could come down and start ticking back down a bit. I think we are at the peak of the cycle. I don't think they're going much higher from here. But I think they could stay up here. And if they stay up here, 
these are not the stocks you're looking for, as Yoda would say. Smith and Weston. Um, oh, sorry, Ben Kenobi. The... Ben Kenobi would say. <laughs> Smith and Weston brands Q1 EPS 13 cents beats the five cent estimate sales of 114.2 million beat the 100.93 million estimate. Uh, they jumped on sales as profits exceeded expectation here. Getting the lift, can it get to 12? Man, but here's the problem. This stock in the absolute gutter, overhead supply abundance, meaning just everyone has been down. Everybody who has bought this stock is basically, and again, okay, maybe if you bought in October of last year, you're up in it, but you know, this was $35, $38 back in 2021. It's 10 bucks here now. There's just overhead supply. Everybody, this is going straight down to the earnings. So I had the low bar. Now you get the snapback rally. This thing just ripping to 14, 15 dollars. I don't think so. I think you'll struggle at 12. So I think where it's at right now is kind of where I'd be like, okay, thank you. Give me my money back. I want out. Yeah, sideways action. Smith and Weston. You can see the chart. Just the chart's telling you it's only gone up pretty much one time. That was in the pandemic. Other than that, it's a sideways looking chart, right? Like the way it traded here is the same way it's trading now, just sideways. So I'll stick to the chart there. It's not changing much. Gilead prices uh, in here a two point a two billion secure un senior unsecured note here one billion of five point two five. Uh, percent here senior note maturing in 2033 and 1 billion 5.5 in 2053 and then B of A securities upgrading Gilead science to buy and raising price target to 95 this has come back a long ways and I kind of like this 75 area if we could really start recovering it what do you think here? It's always Gilead? been the buy in the 60s. When Gilead ever gets to the 60s, it has just been a money maker. This is a stock. There's some stocks you like trade well and invest well with. This is just one of those that I always do good on the stock. I don't know why. It's just kind of my stock, especially from a swing trading perspective or a long-term investing perspective. I have bought this in the mid-60s multiple times and made money every single time on it. So it's a sell in the 80s, a buy in the 60s. That's been going on for seven years on this stock. Look at this long-term chart. Seven years. Look at all the circles you made in the past. That's all the support <laughs> down there in the low 60s. This stock gets to the low 60s, you buy. I don't buy it at 75. I don't buy it at 73. If it's, it can hang out and do whatever it wants. But when it gets down to the low 60s, I strike because this stock has always been a buy and always done me well when I bought it in the low 60s. Yeah, I remember when we were watching it get out of this consolidation. Um, now it's kind of more of a matter of can it, can it hold this gap on the daily? Um, that's the only... Hold on one second here. I'm, I'm about to sneeze and I'm like, no. No sneezing on stream. Let's go. Let's keep it going. Gilead here, can it keep that that shadow zone and I call them shadow zones. You can call them gap, whatever you want to call it right here into this zone right here. I could see it holding that and maybe starting to make its way back to resistance. Uh, but the only thing is drug manufacturers have not been the place to be as of late. Uh, that's where it gets concerning. I've seen like Merck just barely hanging on. Lily's the favorite, right? That, that doesn't want to turn around and one that will always regret Dennis and I, um, oh, yeah. but, but it, I don't. I, I don't see that turning around. Pfizer has been uh, not the best, you know. That that continues on the downside there. Um, and then Johnson and Johnson, we know the issues that are like holding that one back. So yeah, and we've that's been where right it gets about difficult this. about. We've Gilead. been right about Johnson and Johnson. I'm going to keep saying it. 170s, like holy macro, give you so many chances to get the hell out of the stock. It's a premium valuation. It's stretched even under its own metrics, and then they got the talc issues that aren't going away. So I've been saying 173, 172, 170. You can go back and listen to the shows that I said this is the stock I hate the most in the markets. It's down 10% from where we were talking about that three weeks ago. That's a big move for J&J. Come back into support here now. So, you know, it's a logical place for it to bounce as long as there's no other talc issues. But you get back up to 165, 170, I don't want to own this thing. Let's get to the next rating. Let's go to Snow. This one's interesting. D.A. Davison initiating coverage on Former. Snow with a buy rating announcing a target of 200. We were talking about this earlier in the week. Um, and just to kind of do the correction there, right? I, I 
I made the mistake of, of calling them more of a cybersecurity stock. Dennis corrected me. Um, but of course, they do sell some more software to cybersecurity companies, though. Exactly. More cloud space for those companies. It's cloud. And, it's cloud. And, it's cloud. Um, but now that we're starting to get above this level here, this was the level that I was looking at, 161.93. Now we're starting to get above that. I'm looking for any pullbacks in into this zone to maybe get a shot there on snow because it's it hasn't gone at all in the rally. I mean, you're trading at the same levels that you were back here on what June 6th of 2022. Yeah. Um, that's one thing. And I actually do like this rating as well. Um, I did buy it last night on the rating. It came out nice. last night and obviously, um, has popped up significantly. So I've already sold it just into the, 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 the money from the rating. I'll take um, it. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it, but I've still, I might rebuy this today. So I'm just still watching this one. So I don't have a position at this time. I sold it uh, just before the show started actually here. So I think if it pulls back a little bit off this, though, I do think this is room to 170 here. So I kind of like I like the key reversal yesterday off of it, too. Sneaky key reversal where we made a new low and then we turned around and closed a new high from the previous day. So I like the setup here. I like the call. Um, I'm not overly bullish the market here. We know that right now. So it's hard for me to get super excited about it. But I think there's room to 170. Yeah, I think you just got to see if we're going to go back to some growth names, ARKK names, have a good day. They didn't do too bad yesterday. We'll continue to watch Snow. It's definitely on my radar. It's one of my top stocks to watch. Let's go to First Solar. We just talked about a lot of the solar industry. They've been dragging, but First Solar getting a little bit of a lift today as Deutsche Bank's upgrading First Solar to buy and raising price target to 235 I think this is definitely stepping up to the plate when you look around the industry. And Dennis just talked about it. They've been dragging and and it, it and it hasn't just been because of like just because also like kind of loans and stuff like that. They've been giving us some bad news. They've been giving us some bad fundamental outlook. That's where it gets confusing. But hey, first solar definitely being the leader here. I don't understand why it gets the pass. I guess it's the businesses. I don't know enough about them compared to ENPH and SEDG and some of the other solar companies because this one has just gotten a pass. It's obviously best of breed here now. So that's the good news. Bad news is this whole industry is in shambles and interest rates are killing it. Um, I don't know for solar how much, you know, the financing, maybe it's just set up differently or the financing plays aren't as much here. I'm not sure, um, but I can tell you it's killing ENPH. So there's obviously some differences here. It's a nice pop. It's a stock that's in the gutter. It's a contrarian call. I always respect contrarian calls, even if I don't agree with them. Nice support in the mid-170s, so I can see what the analysts are looking at, all that support, so they're waiting to upgrade this and timing it. Is there room to 190 or 200? Yeah, there's room up to there, but I think there's easier money. I'm going to take a pass. Yeah, I could see them coming after this kind of gap zone. Uh, they're just relying on this gap zone to hold in here. Um, and as long as that gap zone holds, it it does look like it could come right back. Um, one thing that I see is one, two, three, and then this attempt here. You can't get back towards that 213. I think you eventually fail this pattern. But, of course, it is trying to come back today. Let's take a look at the hourly outlook. You can see it's starting to come back. First levels that I'd be looking for. Can it recover 190 pre-market high already there at 186.57, 186.75? We'll see if we get there those levels. That's first solar. Adobe, one that I've been talking about since. <laughs> it's crazy to think so, but uh, we mentioned this stock down here, guys, and I'll show you guys it. I still have uh, the outlook there. Right here, when we went through this 380 spot, that's when we were mentioning it as potentially AI stock. Now that is 46% higher. And then Mizuno coming in here, upgrading Adobe to buy, raising price target to 630. Um, 630. It's a breakout. Uh, it'll be a breakout if it can get above 570. It is a rating um, that is obviously momentum-based as opposed to the one we just talked about here. It's come a long ways. I mean, a long ways back. I mean, just think Mizzou was a little late to the party here. Money Mitch with a great call, you know, a few months ago or six months ago when you were talking about this. Yeah. It, now it, you're looking think... at it. It's run a long way. So does it have room to 600? Probably, maybe. Um, is it got momentum on its side? Do all the Momo traders like this stock? Probably. 
I just think we're in a choppy environment. The stocks come back a long ways. I was like, I think I'm going to get it at a better price. Yeah, one thing that I talk about Adobe is when you look at AI names, how did I find that Adobe was going to be one of those names? All I did was started looking into like videos and YouTube. And then I saw like out of nowhere, it was like 20 videos being made on NVIDIA's AI that they had just recently released. I didn't even catch it from Adobe. I caught it from the creators and showing that they wanted uh, like to actually use it. And that told me enough. All right, if the creators want to use it, it must be good here. So that definitely gave Adobe the continued lift. And I'm looking for more companies like this. So if you guys see anything like that, let us know. You guys can always reach out to us. Give us some feedback. Shows at Benzinga.com. We're always here for you guys. 831. We'll see what happens in a little bit here. Uh, keeping an eye on the market. Let's go to one last outlook that I wanted to talk about, which was the hurricane trade here. GNRC, could we get some more Generac lift that they just recently pulled back? Hurricane Lee out there. And uh, I do have a little bit of a picture. It seems like this is the fastest. Um, at least the storm picked up 85 miles per hour in 24 hour period, which tied Hurricane Matthew for the third fastest rapid intensification in the Atlantic. And you guys see the outlook here. What are you thinking about the hurricane, Dennis? It's a scary picture, but if you actually look, it's just a scary picture because it's supposed to go straight north after. So they're looking and the media's got her like that, but then she's going to go straight north. So they said very unlikely this is going to hit land anytime soon. If it does hit land, you're looking at the later next week, but very unlikely that this is going to hit Florida. It's going to go further north. They were actually saying like Nova Scotia. So it's going to take a pass straight north is what all the projections are showing. Lucky because this is a monster hurricane and it's it went from like a tropical storm to a five so quickly here with you know with the the winds you know somewhere up where it was 160 180 miles an hour so if this was hit land this would be absolute disaster but it looks like we're going to be safe from this one it looks like the projections at least at this time are showing that it's not going to hit florida and it's not going to hit georgia and the carolinas probably going to go further north so we hope they keep that projections there but keep an eye on it because those projections can change now, I'll definitely be watching how it affects Generac. Do you think it could get a lift the stock off of this? Uh, I don't think so. Um, the reason being is that it's just so far out. And 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 I'm still along Generac. And you know where I what I really missed here is this is a financing play too. And we've been talking about these. And wow. you know, I think this is you know one thing that you know moves with home builders. And I love my Generac. I still think it's a great company, but I think what's holding it down here to a certain extent is. These, you know, our generators are really expensive. Mine was $14,000. So, I mean, people are financing these things. And when 7% or 8%, they're like, maybe they can't get the financing to do them. So people, it might be a little bit discretionary too. It's like, I'm going to hold off getting the generator. As you get hurricanes, more people buy generators because they don't want to see the power go out. And they don't want to see sustained, you know, out for a while. So, you know, as you get, you know, I think there's still, as, you know, the global warming, if you've got all that, you know, you think that's going to continue. I think there's still a case for Generac in your long-term portfolio, but what's holding it down really right now is higher interest rates. All right, guys, at 8.30, uh, we did get some news to come in here. Let's see how it affected the market. I do want to at least give you guys those economic data as it did come in here just a little while ago. Um, so let me go ahead and pull that up here for you guys. And let's take a look at the SPY, see if there was any reaction. You can see where it's starting to come up a little bit here at 8.30. Uh, we did get here uh, New York Empires. I'm, I'm pulling it up. Just give me one second here, guys. I'm having some issues grabbing it right now. Let's go ahead. We'll go to our guest. I'll pull it up for you guys, and we'll talk a little bit about it with our guest as we bring him on. Uh, let's go ahead. Let's get to Jeremy Shorts. Let's bring our guest on. Jeremy Shorts, Chief Investment Officer at Wisdom Tree. Welcome on. How are we doing? Good to see you, Mitch. Dennis, good to, good to be with you. Definitely good to have you. Of course, uh, recently we've seen NVIDIA go up and it looked like it wanted to take out 500. I know you've been keeping your eye on NVIDIA and you even put out a really good outlook on some statistical data looking into NVIDIA. So let's talk a little bit about what you've been seeing. And I'll throw up here in the chat so that everybody can take a look at this tweet that you put out. 
and you guys go ahead and give them give Jeremy a nice follow also after you click that Twitter. Thanks, Mitch. I mean, this was one of my more viral posts, uh, and I think it hit on the sort of stock of the moment. I mean, all you you hear this year, it's been the year of AI. It's been the year of NVIDIA blowing out numbers. And 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 this week, obviously, it's, it's creating some controversy with the analysts and some other Twitter follow people uh, of what's going on there. I, I had just done something on valuations. And what, what happened is, you know, NVIDIA became the highest multiple stock in the S&P 500 in March, uh, sort of we were looking at price to sales as one of those key indicators. And it was sort of 40 times trailing sales, 25 times expected sales. And we started saying, once you get to this level, um, you know, how, what are the odds of future success? And when you, the bottom table shows the relative returns of the stocks that got to these various levels of price to sales and their forward returns. And again, this is, if you use trailing numbers, you're looking at the bottom row, so the four, greater than 40 times. Only about 150 companies in the last 60 to 70 years got to those levels. It's pretty consistently, once you get into these greater than 25, the odds of success of any of them over the next 12 months was roughly 20%. So four to one odds stacked against you. But you look out three to five, 10 years, and it's consistently always less than 10%. So 90% of all these companies sort of fail to beat the market looking ahead over a longer term period, three, five, 10 years or more. And you look at these annualized returns. I mean, the median differential is down 30% relative to the index over the next 12 months. When you look at a five-year number down 20% a year versus the market, I mean, that's extreme. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's not an easy chance uh is what we'd say um and, and and the question is today it's like the prime ai stock you need chips you need there's all sorts of people who are buying these chips then the question becomes what's the competition in the future are they going to be the only ones it's, it's clear people see their success and are going to be gearing up to to do that and you know you you might think they have a impenetrable moat but you know, you look at the lessons of, of history when companies get to these valuations, competition comes in. Yes. It, it's a, you know, we, we reminded of Cisco. Everybody's been talking about this Cisco versus. Is Cisco one of these companies? I was going to ask that question. Are they one of these companies that got to the cre crazy valuation and then are for they in sure. the status set? Oh, yes, for sure. I mean, they were very similar multiples back in 2000. And, you know, what it shows, we did a follow up piece on that Cisco versus NVIDIA and in and and you sh you look at the data on Cisco, and they did out you know from a sales perspective they did grow consistently more than the S and P for the last twenty five years. Uh, for the first decade, it was at triple the sales growth rate. It was something like the S and P grew sales from three percent a year. They grew at ten percent a year. But the sales growth needed when you get to the thirty to forty times Cisco, as people know, is still negative absolutely down since 2000. I mean, it, yeah. it got to a lady and it's still down from those 2000 highs. Yeah. And the S&P is up 7% a year from the 2000 highs. So it's a, it's a hard threshold to get. Now you say who got there in 2000? Amazon. Um, Amazon was not a cheap stock, but it's grown sales 30% a year. Like, so the question is, is, is NVIDIA more like Cisco or is it more like Amazon? Oh, that's uh, a great question. That, that is the question here. Um, and I think it just goes to show you like chasing performance. Like there's so many people that are like, oh, I've got to own. And back, if you went to 1999, 2000, I was trading back in those years. And I can remember people talking about Cisco. Cisco, CSCO was the most valuable company in the world. It hit a $600 billion market cap, I remember. And everybody's like, this is the stock you have to own. It was like the four horsemen. Remember the four horsemen was Cisco, Dell, Microsoft. Who was the fourth? Do you remember, Jeremy? I can't remember. It was it AOL or Yahoo? I mean, it was. Yeah. Well, it could have been. It was Cisco, Dell, Microsoft. Help me out here, chat. What was the other one that would? It wasn't Apple. Apple wasn't big then. Cisco, Dell, Microsoft. I thought AOL maybe or or Yahoo. It might have been Intel. Intel it could be. It might have been Intel, but anyways, it was like the four horsemen of tech, and it was like something Kramer always talked about: the four horsemen. You've got to own the four horsemen. And, 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 and you know what ended up happening, obviously, was Microsoft went into a 15-year bear market where it was down for 15 years before it actually recovered. Cisco never recovered. Intel never recovered. 
Dell did recover, but Dell went private and reorged, took everybody out at the lows, which I complain about forever because they bought out the stock and went took the whole thing private, like 12 bucks. And now it's obviously, you look at this thing at $68 and you think like, wow, you know, they took me out right at the lows. So, I mean, just chasing those four horsemen, it's kind of like Fang today. So you wonder the similarities here where everybody's got to own these stocks and everybody's in everybody's portfolio. So you just wonder if those similarities couldn't happen here again, Jeremy. I love this analysis here you're giving. Yeah, no, I think the, I, you know, we're believers in the tech, we're believers in AI. I mean, I think it's, it's absolutely going to be a key focus. And then just because what's in the price and can, can they live up to it? The higher the multiple, the higher the expectations are to deliver. Uh, and I think it's quite interesting that again, they blew out numbers but the, the stock, you know, in the after hours, it did okay. You know, it started rising in the after hours after they do it, but it's it's lower. Um, I mean, it's $50 lower from where it was in those after hours sessions. So it's it shows you that even when they have a blowout number, it's not easy to, to maintain the momentum. So I, I and, and now there's all sorts of questions of what drove that blowout number. I, I don't want to speculate on how much of that is is real or not, but I, I, I just know once it gets to the high numbers, it's it's really tough to beat. Is there a path for NVIDIA that could, you know, not go with this analysis and it is Amazon and this thing just grows earnings exponentially at 30% a year for the next decade? And we're looking at this thing as a thousand dollar stock because a lot of people are giving that case. Do you think there is a path for that there, Jeremy? Well, 10% of these companies do. So <laughs> 10% chance. So you're 10%. telling me there's a chance. 10%. I, I, my, my own money would be on it being more like Cisco than Amazon. Um, I'm, I'm more in the, this is going to invite competition. This is not a quite the scale business. I mean, it, you can say it's a monopoly business today. Nobody's competing with them, but I do think it is the prime focus for the next decade is everybody who's doing anything in ships is going to be coming after this. So I, I'm, I'm definitely not convinced it is Amazon versus I'm, I'm more convinced it's Cisco. Well, a, a quick one here, Jeremy. I want to ask you: How would you compare the AI hype to the dot-com hype? It's, it, it feels similar, um, and now, and in in a, in a way that the internet has transformed what we do. I mean, we're and and you could say we've lived up to all the hype of how it's transforming the economy, and I'd say mobile penetration is probably surpass what you thought it was going to be back 20 years ago and yeah well ai become ingrained in everything we do everywhere yeah you could see it taking more and more adoption you could see how people are going to use it more i mean it's, it's super early in what people are doing with it and yes it'll transform how we do how we do things how we do business and and all the rest um Maybe not quite this the, as transformative as the internet in terms of just accessing the global yeah. knowledge, but maybe it, it, it you know maybe it's hard to see today. Um, but I'm I'm a believer in where it's going, which doesn't but it doesn't make me any more excited to just be a a pure Nvidia as the only play for it. Yeah, and I know that you've also been taking a look at an area that I've been a little bit concerned about, which is the banks, right? Uh, we've been seeing the downside action. I know you're pointing at something different here, but what are you seeing in the banks, Jeremy, that maybe we should keep an eye out for? Yeah, I mean, this is one uh, I, I tweeted. Uh, Bianco has been doing a lot on what he calls the bank walk, which I fully agree with that. I think the banks are in a very tough spot in one sense is they have 15 trillion in deposits and they're really not paying anything on your checking account. You know, like yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of embarrassing, but they really can't afford to pay you the 5% that you can be getting in treasuries. And because they, they have so much in deposits earning zero. And so it's a cheap source of funding for banks, which is to pay the depositor zero. And they say, well, are we, you know, we have corporate clients who need to pay checks. Well, you know, there's new tech, fintechs are coming out. And even we're working on something I called Wisdom Tree Prime, where you could eventually, I mean, I'm paying bills, I paid my Amex bill in Wisdom Tree Prime, and I'm earning in treasuries. And it's not a bank at all, um, but it has functions of spending by earning interest rates. And, and you can say I'm biased by what we're building, but I, I do think there's other things out there. Uh, we're not the only one doing this type of stuff that 
you know, whether it's money markets or others are going to keep collecting the 5%. I think banks could see, if not a run, I don't think people have to worry about the safety of their deposit to the banks. I think that's yeah. clear that the government said they're, they're not going to let these depositors go fail. But I think as investors in the banks, their cost of funding should go up. And, um, and so it's, I think the profit outlook for the banks is, is going to be challenged for some time. Um, and, and people are getting savvy to it. I mean, you see that interactive brokers commercial all the time, you know, from your brokerage yeah. standpoint there too, it's on there. You're getting 4.83% at IBKR and then they're showing what everybody else is giving you and it's next to nothing. And it's like, don't let your, and they even say, don't let your broker rip you off. I mean, it's worse at the banking level. I mean, I have money in sitting in those checking accounts. And if you don't keep a minimum of like four or 5,000, they start incurring fees. But I mean, why keep, you know, people used to keep like, you know, significant amounts of money just kicking around in there. And people don't do that anymore. Like you got a big bill, I move it over and then I'll move it over to pay the bill because it's like, I'm just foregoing all that interest there. So I think people are getting smarter about it and bringing those deposits probably down in those checking accounts because it's brutal that they own zero. When you're in a 5% environment, I mean, that's a significant loss of income there. So you think about every 10,000 bucks, it's 50 bucks a year. For sure. I So I, I this this Wisdom Tree Prime app is 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 really cool. It's going to keep adding functionality. Right now it's only available in 20 states, um, but we'll keep adding states. In by early new year, we'll have a hopefully a debit card that you can link spending directly to treasuries. I mean, that's a pretty hot functionality. Um, it's still, you know, right now moving money from a treasury fund to the cash to then pay the bills, but it's coming soon, you know, where it'll just happen automatically. And, uh, obviously we're not the only ones working on these type of things and it's going to get harder for the banks is my short-term view. Um, at least we're yeah. trying to make it up for the banks. I, I just threw up there, you guys, uh, wisdom tree prime. If you guys want to check it out, there's the link. Go ahead and take a look at it. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Apple situation that happened yesterday. Um, it seems like, of course, we got released that there's going to be some bans in government office. Do you think this could expand to more? And is there any concern for Apple in your eyes? Well, this is not so expensive like NVIDIA. I mean, you've got guys like Warren Buffett who are very concentrated. Buffett is not known to be, you know, a bubble chaser, right? He is a value sensitive investor uh, and it's very large position for them. So this is not the same type of NVIDIA level valuation, but a lot of people say at 30 times, it's it's not cheap. Um, now, our view on the China news is, I am not overly optimistic on China and the US reconciling. I think this is gonna be a five year yeah. plus longer situation. If anything, I'm going towards emerging markets, ex-China, we've been developing more funds for that. Now, I think this current Apple news, uh, you know, one of my colleagues um, just came back from a trip to China. She has 20 family members in China, both government workers, non-government workers in private and real estate and all sorts of, she always ha has a lot of really interesting insights on what's going on. And, and her comment to me yesterday was this is kind of an overblown story that the government workers already weren't using Apple iPhone. So there's not much new news there that they really couldn't use it before that it's still viewed as a, a very strong, powerful device. A lot of her family members have the Apple devices there and it's going to still be viewed as a, a luxury good for people who want those higher end phones. And if the tech is stays better than all the other Chinese phones, then they're going to buy the Apple phones. Um, but, you know, so in some ways, it's just the politics that now the question is, will the politics get much worse? Uh, I don't expect them to get better uh, now. And so I don't I don't really think that long term dynamic is changing. But I think in the short run, there may be a little bit more over overreaction to this story while I'm still worried about the long term dynamics with China. Do you think that we'll see continued manufacturing uh, kind of get pulled out from China as we've seen a lot of manufacturing move to India? Yeah, and, and, and we saw there's some headlines going around that imports from Mexico surpass imports from China. So the decoupling mm -hmm. is absolutely, you know, it's, it's hard. Apple, Tesla, they're so ingrained in China, it's hard just to immediately pull back, right? So yeah. it's a very tricky dynamic. Um, and, and people think about, hey, we're so intertwined, can we really decouple? But it, it, that, it, it, 
they need us, we need them, all these things. And I'm I'm as free trade as it gets. I don't want all these tensions and frictions. It just seems yeah. like the yeah. politics are heading in a way where the only thing that's uniting Democrats and Republicans is to be anti-China. And so I think it the that geopolitical tension just feels like it will stay. And yep. um, so I, I in, in a way, yeah, you can see more headlines coming and and it just doesn't seem this can be resolved quickly. Jeremy Schwartz, Chief Investment Officer at Wisdom Tree. Check him out. I threw up his link there and definitely give him a follow on Twitter. You see those great tweets. Don't miss them. Have a good one, Jeremy. Take care. See you, Jeremy. All right. Let's get back to the markets. How are we looking here? Dennis, what are you seeing? Um, I'm just seeing a lot of chop here still. We did come back a bit here, you know, buying the dip mentality was out there. We were down here overnight, came in buying the dip here again. You're not going to break that with a little, you know, 7% sell-off Apple. That buy the dip mentality is still there. Um, but I, again, I just think, you know, we're going to chop around. So, you know, could we rally today? Could we get some of this back? Let's think about 50% retracements of the recent move. So we're a spy. We're 453, just doing the air math, down to 443, call it, so 10-point sell-off. 448, 449, 450 is probably major resistance here now. So we get up another 30, 40 handles from here, I'd be a seller of stocks. We'll see. Uh, 50% I, exactly. I have it around uh, 448. Um, and, and then we'll see if it gets back there. I wanted to get to Kroger's earnings because they came in there. You guys can see the action right here. Kroger's EPS 96 cents beat the 91 cent estimate sales of 33.85 billion, missed the 34.13 billion estimate. Uh, looks like they reached an agreement for a nationwide opium settlement to pay a 1.2 billion to states and subdivisions. Uh, they recognize a $1.4 billion charge in Q2, which would negatively impact gap EPS of $1.54. Uh, just nothing exciting here, really. Um, you know, you didn't see it. You, you a slight earnings beat and the revenue miss. They don't really know what to do with it. It's selling off a bit. Is it going to get killed? Great support of 45. So it's a big level here from the last couple of days. Lows, 4506, So that's your first level of support. I don't think they're going to turn around and just crush this thing today. I don't know if they're going to buy it back here. So it's kind of a nothing report and it's kind of a nothing reaction. I agree. Uh, nothing on that. And I mean, one of the things is it's already back to 45. If it was back through 43s, then yeah, maybe yeah. it gets crushed down. But I see that support with you, Dennis. Let's go to a little bit of some ticker time for you guys it, out there. It, Smash the like. Dennis Dick, Money Mitch at it here. You guys throw up the tickers. We'll try to be quick. And the key here, try. But we'll do our best, team. You guys throw up some tickers. Let's take a look here. Uh, someone saying pen inside buyer again. I did see uh, that last night at the tape. There's been multiple pen inside buys. They're doing nothing for the stock. What a sell opportunity that was yeah, when that man. thing had the big pop up on the Disney deal. Just another opportunity to sell a stock that just can't find its way. Yeah, I tried to swing it twice. I got hit twice. Strike two. And yeah. I said, you know what? I'm it, not going for strike I had, three. I had a small position. My wife's RSP is still in there. And it's a, just a disaster. Disaster stock. Boeing. I did see some mention by Aero. I think it was Aero Spirits that it wasn't a good news. Uh, let me try to find that uh, outlook here as you take a look at the stock. What do you think about the stock? Uh, 210. Great support down at 210. You're not that far away from it here. It's kind of interesting setup here. You could also argue the 212. So you got some support in this area here. So I actually don't mind um, the Boeing chart here. Um Ooh, I don't know. I like to top out at 240. You look at the longer term chart. You like you wouldn't want it to break 10. So I'd say as long as it's above 210, bulls are in control. Below 210, I don't want any part of it. So if you're taking a shot, you'd stop yourself out below 210. All right. So this was the headline that I definitely wanted to get to you guys on Boeing. So it, it came from Spirit Aerosystems. Of course, uh, we've been seeing how they've been affecting both uh of course, of the jetliners, Boeing and Airbus. Uh, they said that the major supplier of the parts for the jetliners has asked Boeing and Airbus to absorb more financial pain caused by inflation that makes its contracts not sustainable. And this came from Spirit CEO uh, Tom Gentile. And uh, this was said on Thursday. So I'm wondering if this is going to really affect the stock. I mean, 
We've seen how aerospace, uh, aero systems has really kind of affected Boeing in the past. Yeah, that's what knocked just it with down the here. Parts, though, I mean, that was the issue was the parts that they were having the issues with were made by SPR. So I'm not so much worried about financing. I'm not so much worried about SPR own situation as long as they can make those BA parts. That's what we need to find clarity on is, you know, this issue that they're having here, obviously with the SPR um, per major part supplier. Yeah, that, that, that contract's non-sustainable. I'm sure we're going to hear something, whether one of them is going to pay more or other. We'll have to find out. Let's go to the chat here. What's the next one here coming up? Uh, let's do Square. We've talked a lot about, guys. Let's 55, do 55, 55. It's the only level that matters. Look where it bounces yesterday, 55, 14. This line of support is like the Rock of Gibraltar. If it ever goes 54, I'd get the hell out. But if, as long as it's still bouncing off 55, you can trade it from that level. I would say I'd definitely stop myself out below 54. Give yourself a little bit of room. Meta, 300. So resilient. Can you hold Just it? Comes back again, continues to come back. Sets up with a cup and handle. So not that we're big pattern traders, but you can see it there, Mitch, the little uh, double like bottom there, little W mm -hmm. cup and handle pattern there, which is usually a bullish sign. Um, question is, you know, if I've got this outlook of going sideways here, I'm not going to be playing a lot of breakouts and cup and handles yeah. and stuff. We're just not in this rip roaring bull market here. Sideways for the win. See what happens on that one. PDD. Hmm. Interesting. I'm keeping it rolling, guys. You guys smash the like yeah, out like there. This. You guys like are enjoying the, speed. the show. I like the speed. PDD. Uh, issues. Who? Somebody came out yesterday. Oh, who was it? Was it Grizzly? I'm trying to think. Some some short seller came out yesterday with a hit piece on this thing. Was yeah, it Grizzly, Grizzly Research? Re yep, you got Grizzly it. Grizzly right Research. I'll just read you from their tweet. We believe PDD is a dying, fraudulent company. It's shopping at Timu is cleverly hidden spyware. Oh, that's scary. That poses an urgent security threat to you. These are big allegations here. Stock got hit on that hit piece from Grizzly Research here. Obviously, we know they like to short these stocks and then come out with the hit pieces there. Um, if this is true and there's spyware in there, that is scary. These are big allegations. I don't know if any of it's true or not, but Grizzly believes that it's true. I, I mean, I'm not going to go on the limb, but I would say that maybe a lot of China apps have some spyware on them. Um, well, that is but, possible. But we, we we does that change the outcome of the fundamentals? No. And I think this stock has been coming back as long as there's no more issues in China. And I'm still waiting to see what kind of stimulus they actually create for their economy. At some point, I expect to see some kind of stimulus. That's why I'm keeping an eye on these stocks, right? We'll see if Baba can get back above 100. I think that's definitely something to kind of keep an eye out. PDD, nice little weekly chart. I, I, as long as it can keep this kind of inside week, not come back down be, below 90, I'd be looking for another takeout of 100. Doesn't look too bad. Uh, BMY. China stock still. BMY. I, I'll update trade them. That's about it. Bristol Myers. What do you think here, Dennis? I got a day I know trade that you... position in it. So Ooh, that's comments. an interesting one. All right. I'll make a comment then. Uh, just seems like it's been lagging as of late, but. Nice little support right around this level, 59, 59, 59.75s. Uh, seems like it's been holding as of late. We'll see if this low holds here, 59.45. That holds. Maybe you get a little bit of a turnaround there on Bristol Myers. Let's keep it going. Let's do some more stocks. AMD, of course, we always talk about this one, but it's a favorite out there. Get to the chopper. Oh, yeah. Wants to take a look at AMD. What do you think? Is this a good stock? I sold half up at 114. I sold half of it. I'm still in the other half. Trying to hold on. I do believe Lisa Sue talking up a big game there too. That competition that Jeremy Schwartz was talking about for NVIDIA, I believe is going to come from AMD. I believe Lisa Sue will figure this out. I believe AMD will be a big player in AI. I'm sticking with the long-term thesis. The short-term trend has not been your friend. 110 is major resistance here. Um, I, 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 I'm not in love with the technicals on this. I'm just holding it on for the long-term story. So it's in the long-term account. You know, it's one I like more than AMD, and I'll just go to one really quickly, was Intel. I had it earlier in the week. I played it to 37, sold it there, and now looking back at it wow. like, man, is this just going to take off on me? Look at this. In, in an environment where tech isn't hot right now, I'm looking for some stocks that are hot. Intel is hot, man. Yeah, old school tech is hot. We talked about this. Uh, Spinner was saying it yesterday, Cisco up near highs. 
Oracle up near all-time highs. It was like four horsemen coming back here 25 years later. <laughs> so Dell, look at the four horsemen. Dell, yeah. Microsoft, Intel, and Cisco. Yeah, so they're all coming what back. What about IBM? Here. Look, your IBM, IBM even coming going, back. Man. All the old school tech. It's their day in the sun. Does the sun continue to shine on these stocks? I'm not so sure about that. I, if IBM could get through 150, maybe you can finally reverse this monthly chart. One of the prettiest I monthly sold charts, it out but and I, it's hard. I, yeah, I sold at 144, I think, a, a couple of months ago, 143, 144. And it was a good trade. We got in in the low 130s. It was a good one. Um, just sold out too soon. I sold a lot of stocks when I started turning a little bit more bearish. I got up to like down like 30% cash in the long-term portfolio, and then I got nervous, and I started selling out a whole pile of stocks. Remember, I sold my Airbnb, I sold half my AMD, I sold my IBM. I sold a few other ones in there too. I sold a bunch. I sold Oxy, kind of diversified selling just to, you know, we had moved up. We had moved up a long ways there, and I was predicting a pullback, which was absolutely correct because I was on, you know, the end of July. And some of these stocks have pulled back from there. IBM is not one that's pulled back. It's continued to go higher. I'll do one last one here. Fried Chicken Man. Fried Chicken Man 8 uh, wants to talk about Disney. One thing that I did see on Disney is that there's been a battle, right, with Spectrum. Uh, they're in a battle right now over contract fees that spilled into the public. Uh, they were not able to reach an agreement. And millions of consumers across the U.S. saw Disney-owned networks like ESPN and FX go dark for charter customs uh, customers, right? And of course, uh, you can take a look at charter uh, communications at CHTR. Am I correct there, Dennis? I'm pretty sure I am. Yeah, CHTR. Um, the the yeah. worst stock Disney is right now. It's just got all kinds of problems. We know ESPN. We know all the problems. We talk about this at least twice a week. It's a stock that I had in my long-term portfolio for a while. We actually played it very well off the 90 multiple times, made money on it all those times, which was good. Oh um i just got when Iger came back in that's when i was like no i'm hitting the sell button i'm done with this stock because i don't want more of Iger. i wanted fresh blood i think more of Iger was a mistake a lot of people applauded that day right five dollars when Iger returned for the next couple of years i i believe i sold it right into that i i, I, I sold it somewhere right around there it might have been the day after but right into that because i was just too nervous about it so I think that they need to figure it out. There's a lot of issues here. We know the whole woke thing as well as weighing down on the stock too. So many issues with Disney. The parks were always firing on all cylinders, keep giving them those earnings. And now they're not doing as good as they possibly could. I think Disney is a no touch for me until they start showing me signs that can turn the story around. I drew this line here. I updated it on September 9th of 23. I was talking about it being the monthly support next stop for it being 80. We're already there now. And I, on that same day, I was calling an outlook that potentially I see Disney maybe going to $50. I still see that, guys. I still it, see it, that. It's hard to see it at $50 because the franchise, you're talking about eight, nine-year lows here. You got to think they'll eventually figure it out. 80 is fantastic support. This is the COVID lows we're at. So we have yeah. to respect that too. You're at major support. If you think they can eventually figure it out, it's a screaming buy here, but I don't know if they can figure it out in the short term and I'm not so sure. So I'm not buying it here yet, but it is still on the long, long-term shopping list, but I'm I'm out for now. It's, it's, it's watched, it's being watched. They got to show me signs of turning this around. We got to see what they can do with ESPN. The Fox acquisition we know was a disaster. They brought in all that debt, which is what's weighing on the stock here now. And you think about the debt and the interest rate costs. And, and obviously, you know, there's a lot of, you know, let's just look. You know, maybe it's a good exercise. We haven't done that. Go to the details in your pro. You can do it here with me if you want, Mitch. Yeah, let's Go into Disney. Look at the debt. I'm sure it's 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 an extreme amount of debt in this company here. Trying to go grab it. Debt, 44.5. 45. Billion dollars. That's mm -hmm. debt. That was one percent interest rates or two percent interest rates. That's now six or seven percent interest rates. Servicing that debt is going to be an issue. I think it's an exercise. If we think interest rates are going to stay up at this uh, at this area here for the foreseeable future, not coming down quickly, and that's what I'm thinking is going to happen. Companies with a lot of debt have to service that debt. Disney's problem is it took on a lot of debt with that Fox acquisition. It's got a hell of a lot of debt. They're talking about getting the, you know, giving the dividend back. But with what money? I mean, there is <laughs> issues here. It's too many issues and too much debt for me to get too excited about this stock. 
Maybe they eventually figure it out. I'm going to wait until I start seeing signs of them figuring it out. Of course, we talk about stocks that are in play that day. That's exactly what we've been talking about. And so keep your eyes on it. And if you're just joining here, Art, scan back. Rewind that. You'll be able to catch a lot of the conversation from earlier. Let's wrap it up here, Dennis. Any last outlook for the market? Um, Chop. Sideways. Chop. chop. So how do you play that? We'll say it again. You get these 3 4% rippers. You're probably selling into it. You get these 3 4% sell-offs. Maybe you're buying into it. Obviously have your shopping list. Pick your right stocks because Disney's not rallying on the rallies and it's selling off on the sell-offs. I mean, just not the type of trading action that's indicative of a bottom. That's for certain. Thank you for, like always, Dennis, you joining us and bringing a little bit of Detroit love in today. And uh, show up the shirt one more time for the for the fans back. Go Lions. Go Lions. Go Lions. Super Bowl, baby. Here we come. Yeah. We'll, we'll see about that one. <laughs> Have a good one, Dennis. Have Take our care. day. We're having our day in the sun. Hey, enjoy it. Enjoy that weekend and have a great one, guys. Like always, we'll be continuing here with live trading. That's coming up next. Then at the end of the day, we got start swing trade. Like always, we got a lot more for you guys right here on Benzinga. Smash those thumbs up if you guys enjoyed today's show. Let's get to the trading action. Don't worry. Joel will be back, man. Trust me. He will be back. Uh, but I can't tell you where he is. Shh, I might get hurt. All right, I'll see you guys like always. Hit the like button. I will see you guys back here on Monday, but stick around for some live trading action. You don't got to go anywhere. Let's see if I can get into the green today.